Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online, thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil, and find out. A Motorsport Podcast Network production. Hey everybody, welcome along. Great to have you with us for the V8 Sleuth Podcast, powered by Repco. I'm Aaron Noonan. It is great to have you along for the ride. Now this week, we're wrapping up a two-part chat with Team 18 Supercars team owner, Charlie Schwerkow. But before we get stuck into that, and before I tease and tell you what's on this episode, I want to quickly just tell you about something that I'd love to have your support on. Get behind us on this one. The Castrol Motorsport News Podcast. We launched it late last year as part of the Motorsport Podcast Network. It's up and firing. Andrew Van Leeuwen, Stefan Bartholomeus. Every Tuesday, the boys bring you the latest in news and views on Aussie and world motorsport. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can listen to it wherever you listen to your pod or, in fact, wherever you're listening to this podcast, you can listen to that one too. Subscribe and you won't miss out. You'll get the notification when every episode goes live on a Tuesday of every week. Now, on to this week's episode of the V8 Podcast with Charlie. In part one, we covered a lot of his early business career, of his time in uh, Dick Johnson Racing. But in this part two, we cover his Team 18 era about aligning with Ford Performance Racing and then with Walkinshaws, starting from scratch in 2016 and everything right through to now in 2022. He'll also tackle your National Motor Racing Museum couch racer questions. So here we go, buckle up. It's time to start part two of Charlie Schwerkow of the V8 Sleuth podcast powered by Repco. I've got a bunch of questions here. I'm going to get to those very soon, but there's a few more things to cover off here because we've kind of only got to... 2010, 11 here. So yep. you lease the wreck back to DJR for a couple of years. That yep. underpins the James Moffat car. So for 13, you do a deal with FPR to run a customer car there. So it's Car of the Future starting up there. So it's Gerald Wen and it's Alex Davison who drives for you because Will's there as well at FPR by that stage. So... Was there any other option on where you would go and what you would do? Why did you end up at, at FPR? Yeah, look, 13? obviously it was messy from twenty where I was going to be in 2011. I was had a deal done at 2011 to go there and it all fell over, of course, when my world went upside down. So, no, look, that was really uh, – I was honourable to them. Hey, listen, if I ever get a wreck and if I ever do anything, I'll be back there and um, and do that. So, so yeah, so placed Alex there and the Jeldwin – car and it looked pretty cool and, and off we go. I think there was a podium at Phillip Island. Correct. Which was the 60-60 oh, races we used to do. Remember where we'd yeah, that's right. burn around for 60Ks, then we'd all stand around and look at one another for a bit and then we'd Crazy. go burn around for another 60Ks. Um, it didn't survive, did it? That uh, didn't. Well, no. One of the supercar things that we've tried over the years that, that didn't quite manage to survive. Change for the, that at the end of the year. So was the intent for Alex to stay there? And, yeah, and, it was a bit of both, yeah. yeah. Didn't happen though. Jack Perkins came along the next year, so yep. what, there was what some we're... funding. Jack brought as well. You know, it, it's there wasn't a lot of money that you could. You know, I had to pay a big fee to to, to FPR back then, and I had to make it stack up, obviously. Mm. And and um, so Jack and I did a deal. I think we had Cam Waters as an That's enduro right, yeah. driver. That yeah, was his very first young in. Cam Waters, yeah. Very very young Cam, and and 
tried to snavel him after that, but uh, <laughs> didn't work. Someone else got him, and uh, but yeah, we put a deal together with Jack in in 2014. Am I right in remembering that you drove the car that year? You are 100 percent right. Ride that day was, or something like it was that. a ride day in Eastern Creek, and there's photos. I'm in Jack's suit, and we both had the same. Jack had two helmets, and you had to pick. Who was Jack and who was me? Did you have the glasses on or not? No, no, oh, well, I didn't. It's clearly <laughs> you if you ain't got the I think he might have taken his off, but <laughs> but that was a great experience because I love driving and and uh, is that the only time you've ever driven? It is actually the only time because obviously you only get three test days and then the ride days are busy and but I never forget going down the straight and I'm thinking I'm going okay here and then. I reckon it might have been Wind Cup that just goes <laughs> straight past and I think I'm about 20 seconds off a lap, so I think I'll give that away. But it was a lot of fun. The, the, That's cool. The raw power and everything, it was it was really cool. You didn't take Jack for a ride, did you? I did. You, you took him for a ride. I took, took him for a ride. ride. I needed to drive a coaching oh, and training enough. change and everything. And, fair enough. And when, where to go and all that sort of stuff. So <laughs> it was it was really special. It's cool. It's not it, very often that team owners get the chance to drive their own Cars. I know Ryan Story's had a dabble of it. I'm not sure if Roland. I think Roland might have a long, 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 long time ago. Yeah, but it's pretty rare. That, it is I mean, rare. It's, it's I, common that they might end up keeping one of their cars. Yeah, and but maybe drive it, it way back, way later on. But to drive yeah. it in the period that it's a current car is actually quite, quite special. Rare. I'd yeah. love to drive the, one of the current cars. I'd love to drive it. You and own it. Why can't I you make this happen? Seriously, you've got two of them now. For crying out loud. That's it. So I'll probably do that at the end of the year at a ride day or something yeah. like that. Yeah. What's the end that? of the year of this year? That's so it. you're not going to run it next year. So yeah, there you go. I've just given you that's your it. Perfect so it's a goal. To go and do it. I'll, right, I'll, <laughs> it, it, uh, it won't be with Jack Perkins though. Uh, no, no, he's got his own. Yeah, that's it. He's, yeah. he's, he's got, got plenty of them. Yeah, he's so fine. Yes. he's fine. So for 15, you go to Walkinshaws. Was yes. that always the plan? Was yeah, the, look, it was, was a better deal. Started. No, it was. It was. I was staying at Tickford for one more year. Had a sponsor, Geldman actually went basically private equity. And uh, the president, who was a very good mate, vice president, um, he left and uh, they thought the sponsorship's not worth it. We're going to cut our contract and uh, it was really messy right at the end. And uh, so then I had a bit of a conflict with sponsors. I got Fuchs Lubricants on board, which is still on board today, which is great. And that was a clash for their brand, Castrol. So Mm. I thought, far out, what am I going to do here? Walk and Shaw came up with a a good deal because they – they had only three cars. Of course, they sold a license back then and they, they thought it's much easier to run four cars. So they'd like to, ironically, I tried to buy the license back then and here I am back there. It's one big sort of circle. Circle world, that goes it, around. Really? Yeah. So I ended up back there with the fourth car and um, we got Lee Holdsworth. And um, again, that was a bit of a tough year for getting sponsorship round by round and a you know, Fuchs started as a whole car for the first three rounds and had to find more sponsorship and, and we got it through and and um, it was a tough year on the track though. James got all the favourite bits and pieces of the car, James Courtney. He, he was the, the golden child there and uh, so you got all the good gear and so I was pretty frustrated and Adrian was running the team and, and uh, it was a bit clunky and messy. I was a customer car. I think Tim Slade was there. He was in the, the super cheap super car. Cheap yeah. car yep. And... Garth, Garth and James, and the and James yeah. yeah. And we were the so sort you felt of like you were the fourth. Poor, I remember talking to Lee at the time. He felt like the fourth. Correct. We were the fourth. We were, we were last in the line and never forget a Tazzy. We were going really well. Can you move over? Move over. James Courtney's coming through. And I said, we're not moving over. And our engine was, you don't you know, own me. I'm my Correct. Wreck. And know, I'm paying I thought, you to run our car here. I thought there's got to be a better way. There has to be a better way. This is, this is a mugs game, being a customer and not treated like, 
the number one customer. I was really the number four car in the team. Mm. So that's what made you go, right, we're going to do our own thing. I said to Lee, um, this is it. We're going to start the own team. Are you in? He said, yep, 100%, I'm in. So I think it was a Pukekohe I decided I've got to put a team together in a real hurry. I'm not going to renew, renew my deal with Walkinshaw. I'm going to start again and um, I ring Roland Dane and I said, Who, who's who's a team manager that's out there that knows the sport? Get me going as a team manager. And uh, we came up with Jeff Gregg. So we met with Jeff straight after New Zealand and – we formed a team and, and with the Hall, he had a lot of connections still in the game and we re- I rented a factory in Dandenong. Georgie Smith came along as a fabricator mm. and um, we got an apprentice, young mechanic, who joined as well in that first year who's still with the team now, young Reese, and, and we got a few guys together and, and we started off on our own. It was a tough gig building. D- did from, you over- underestimate it? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It was the biggest thing I've ever done of starting with nothing, completely nothing. I had to buy a car off Triple Eight and decided it was a customer program there off Triple Eight of buying their equipment and trying to work it through. You know, you look at the Groves, what they've just done. They've bought a complete team off Kelly's. It's all there. Mm. And what um, Team Sydney or Zabiris has done as well, it was all there type of thing. I've started, I don't know when the last person has started from scratch. I, I, I'm not sure. Uh. Completely from scratch. Rather than buying Blanchard, I guess. Yeah, probably that's as close as yeah. I think that's probably and it, that's a rarity. There's not many. Usually, when teams get sold, it's the the wrecks, and it's the bits, and it's the equipment, and it's you know it might be a car or two or you know whatever's the thing going. But yeah, to do it from scratch, you, Hard you, you, lo- you love a challenge, huh? Don't you? That's, love a challenge. Did, did you wonder a couple of months into that? Yeah, yeah why I am thought, I doing this? Why can't I, I doing just here? sponsor a car somewhere, sit in the corporates, and enjoy my weekend and go home and not deal with all this? Cra- you know, it's hard enough to run the business that you you know the Waverley Forklifts business with everything that you've got going on, and then you add all this on top of it as well. Madness. You might have asked yourself there, why am I doing this stuff? Well, one of the reasons is the sponsors and, and uh, formed a relationship, which I still have got today. Um, Preston Hire came on for the Enduros in 2015. When you had Sebastian Bourdais co-drive. Correct. Yeah. He was a great guy. Still in contact with Seb. And, and, uh, but we got them on the Enduro and, and then we did a deal of his naming rights partner. And that was, that was great. And uh, so we had Preston Hire as naming rights for 16, 17 18. And 18, that's right, three years. And they were great. And there was business business dealings there as well with forklifts, et cetera, opened a lot of doors and 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 it was really, really good. So, And he's still a great mate today. And, I saw uh, him. In, he was up at Sydney Motorsport Sydney's Park Motorsport in the first Park. round. I saw him yeah. walking around. Still loves the sport and he, still connected to it. He still does. Yeah. And uh, so that was great to get him on board. And there was, that was the thing. And there was sponsors there back in 14. We got Seiko watches using their Pulsar brand. And you feel obliged, all these sponsors, Manitou Forklifts and Fuchs Oils and, and a lot of these sponsors that came on board, they came for the journey, for a long journey, and, and you feel obliged to let's make it work for them and get the exposure, get their business, get the return of investment. And I love dealing with all these people and all these sponsors. So I thought, you know what, I'll give it a crack. And, yeah, it was a tough gig, but yeah, I'm glad I've done it. I'm really pleased. Was rolling that car out for that first test day, practice session, Adelaide, whatever it was that year, is that a highlight? Mm. You know, winning the championship with the Jim Beam stuff and some of the stuff that's happened since then is clearly high up there. But 
Is anything compete yeah. with that? That's got to be right up it's there. Not, oh, it doesn't, you don't get a trophy for it. It's no. not like on a stat sheet anywhere. But that exertion, and only you and your people know what it took to do that. Is that probably your proudest moment standing there? In very, a very proud. Coming from nothing, buying. Buying a car, I had to buy a transporter, which was a pretty average transporter in the <laughs> beginning because there was none around mm. and everything was secondhand to try and build. I like to 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 build up and and not overcommit. And uh, so all the gear we had to get, you know, we just scraped through just by the skin of our teeth. They had to do, they had no tools and we did a tool deal with Stanley Black & Decker, who's still with us today, obviously, Sid Chrome. We got some Sid Chrome tools. No money in the team, but just we got you tools. You needed tools anyway. So. We needed <laughs> tools. and But, yeah, it was really, really proud doing that test day and, and buying chassis number 30. That was the chassis off Triple Eight. And, um, yeah, very special. Chassis 30 is their first car of the future that they built. So that's the one that appeared in the, the camouflage livery during 2012 that – was um, the Xbox wildcard car with Andy Prio and Mattias Ekstrom with its uh, Ludo straight line speed at Bathurst That's 2013 it. that everyone still talks about to this very day. So it had, I think it was sort of their spare, wasn't it? It was their spare and, and I had to really talk Roland into it, which was great. Look, I'll have to sell you my spare. That's the only car. That's all I've got. That's it. Mm. But, you know, I own the wreck. I've, I've either got to sell the wreck or get on and, and just do this. So I was sick of being a customer. I was sick of being the, the, the last car as a customer car. It's time that I really build and make a team. And uh, I thought, you know what, let's do it. So mm -hmm. we did it. And while we didn't get really the results on track, I don't know where we finished that year, I can't remember, but it was still a, a massive achievement mm. to start from nothing and build up. You know, we had plenty of top tens, but um, we got it up there. The bit that wasn't in the script was the crash in Darwin mm. with Lee where he got busted up and parked up for, you know, what, three or so rounds and busted bones and all sorts of stuff. It was a pretty nasty one and, of course, the car as the well. Car. I mean, the bloke is the special important bit out of it all, but then... The other part is your one car that you got is Cactus and then you had to go and stitch together a deal with the Kostekis, I think it was, wasn't yeah, it, to use it their, their car, car to fill in as the Team 18 Preston High car with Kurt Kostecki driving it. Correct. It looked like your car, wasn't your car because you're waiting for one to come on down the line. We were very fortunate the Kostekis were doing Super 2 or Dunlop Series back then and and uh, we did a deal with them for Kurt to drive and remember getting their car and because chassis 30 was pretty pretty bad. It was really bad. Is it still around? It is still around. It, it's, it's in a shipping container. No, it's still around. Still got the logbook and everything, so it's still around. But we haven't repaired it. We were going to make it a ride car. We were going to put it back to, you know, get it all going, but we're just too many other projects. Mm. But um, And there's been a few people that want to buy it and we just haven't done anything yet. But... But yeah, it was pretty. It was pretty banged up in the the left side when it hit the wall at Darwin. So, I thought, wow, what are we going to do here? We had Welcome to, to team ownership. <laughs> that's it. And we've this is our first year, and we've we've basically written a car off that can't be repaired. And, and uh, that cost cash. Like oh, that's, it was and, big cash. You know, I don't think it was a massive first crash damage during a year, but hundreds of not thousands that big of a dollars. Crash. Yeah. So, uh, it was tough. It was really really tough. So. But anyway, we 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 got Kurt there, which was great, and uh, and he filled in that spot for us. So the Preston Hire Team Eighteen, because I think was it when you created the team standalone as opposed to being customer car. That's where the Team Eighteen, correct? It was car sort of started. Yeah, obviously, you know, I 
heavily involved at DJI with number 18 and, and, uh, and that was the, the rec number at the time. And, and that's probably what our listeners don't understand is that the, the racing entitlements contract used to be called the franchise. It's called Correct. It's the charter now really under the new ownership. That's your piece of ownership of the pie and the number, the racing car number, Goes with it, correct. So, I mean, teams do trade numbers, numbers and do deals do. on numbers, yep, but do. that's your right. And I, I know, you know, I still see it on social sometimes that people get the grumbles that you've got eighteen that should be at at DJR. Um, but the, the fact is that the number goes with the wreck, and that's just how it's always been. That's right, and and uh, so yeah, and and of course that I think. That, Chassis number is eighteen on on um, on I made the James car. Yeah. I still remember <laughs> the the cars coming in at that time. There was three cars, two cars, and a, a chassis, of course. And it was 16, 18 and nineteen from mm. memory. Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, we never got seventeen, and Dick always wanted seventeen. I think, but anyway, I made eighteen, eighteen, and yeah. Stevie and J's was car was sixteen. Correct, and the James was eighteen. Oh, I think the spare one was actually 21. Was it? Yeah, That's yeah. the one they built up for James Moffat a couple of years later. Yeah. yeah, so the number 18, I just stuck. It was it was good and I thought, oh, well, I'll just keep it. And then I, I changed the name of the team to Team 18 and, and it stuck and everyone knows. You can't change is, the number now. Oh, yeah. That's it. And, uh, and, yeah, so it became Team 18. So we've got ZB comes along as well. Then the relationship with Lee. Was Lee frustrated that uh, things weren't going where he wanted to go? What What, what happened there? Yeah, he felt the team wasn't giving him everything. He wasn't, you know, this is so I gotta remember twenty eighteen. That was the first year of ZB. Yeah. Yeah, and I bought a car, a good car of Triple Eight. It was it was a one year old car that was Jamie's, I think. I can't remember now. Chessie forty four or something, forty eight. Jeez, we're we're doing all the numbers today. We've I know. Got them all covered. Um, this is but yeah, Lee was frustrated we weren't I was I wasn't giving him everything that he wanted. He just he was very frustrated, and being a single car too was it was really really hard. He yeah, felt were you really floating on your own there, like you weren't. Getting, wasn't I think everyone thinks you're getting every Jamie Wink up, Shane Van Gisbergen, and Craigland setup sheet, and that's not the case. It can be the case in certain deals, but you weren't in that deal at the Correct. time. Correct, yeah, because that comes with dollars. Like you got to spend big dollars to do that. Stuff. Absolutely. So he felt we weren't delivering. We just weren't delivering, and uh, so he moved on. The end of twenty eighteen, correct. Yep, yep. and uh, which is sad. Lee's still a mate now. He's, he's you know, Your winning. Was, he is. Yes, mm-hmm. he's done a great job, and uh, it's good to see him on the grid now. But uh, so that was that, and then so yeah, I was pretty frustrated. At the end of eighteen, we're not getting the results we should have, and um, we had the gear and everything, but it just just wasn't clicking. So twenty nineteen was a massive year. I've either got to get out or. or not so much get out. I've got to really get a, a really good driver, a really good driver that I think can take it all the way, invest in the team even more, um, and bigger sponsor, bigger money, everything like that. And so the world really changed then for the better and, and we got Frosty on board and, and some really key people as well. What did it take to get Frosty over the line. How did that start? Was it a – am I right in remembering it was a trip on a plane coming back from a race somewhere? Hey, what are you doing next year? Which is sort of funnily enough how most of how, these things start. How these deals start. I mean, we're going to Perth, having a chat to him, going to Perth and and uh, and uh, we're sitting up the front of the plane, which is nice. You always use those upgrades for those, <laughs> yeah, for those, yeah, yeah. For those tickets there on, on the way to Perth, long haul. And, 
And he was a bit frustrated at the time. He, you know, he had Chaz there and it was Cam. What is it? Yeah, I don't know. Cam was there by that stage. Cam yeah. and, and so he was frustrated and and he was looking to, you know, finish off his career with with one team and have a different direction, different cars and make something and believe in something and learn new things and and so we cemented a deal, which was really exciting. And he he had a lot of contacts that he could bring, and we got Phil Keat on board. And and then of course, um, I remember I remember talking with Renee and who's your sponsor? And I said I haven't got a sponsor yet, but I'm going to get I'm going to get a good sponsor. I had a few on. So the he go. signed up without a sponsor. He did. Oh, that's... He had belief in me, which is really good. And I always get sponsors. I'm really get good at getting good sponsors and really good partnerships and delivering. And yeah. I had a few on the go. I did have a You've few on the go. You've always got to have a few on the go. You can't That's just it. have one on the go, yeah. And uh, our very good friends at Sandy Black & Decker, they came on board. They were really excited to get Frosty as well. And and we cemented the Irwin-Bunnings uh, relationship back in the start of 2019, mm. which is still current today, mm. which, still is, which is fantastic. It, mm. It's a great partnership. They love it and we deliver really well for them and and uh, they love Frosty, of course. He's a great family man and that's what Bunnings is all about as well and, and Irwin Tools. But if he's a Bunnings family man, can he cook a sausage soup? <laughs> that's the mega important he, bit I want to know. He's got a pizza I'm, oven. I'm, mate, what? He's pizza got a pizza oven. oven. Seriously. That's it. That's I want to lob got. to my local Bunnings in Mentone one day and see Frosty whipping up a storm on the barbecue. There that's is a bit I'm, of a – there is this. a video clip going around. You'll see it there that because we do a fair bit. We do a lot. We did trolley dashes and anyway, we did all sorts of stuff. But he did do a uh, an intro wearing his helmet then. He's trying to put a sausage, you know, through his helmet. So, <laughs> But, no, look, Bunnings is great and who and a, a fantastic part of the Stanley Black & Decker group and and so yeah that was our start in 2019 and and uh, away we go with a new revamped team 18 did you feel you need to go to two cars to really make the most of you know the the input and the the investment bringing frosty in you know triple eight deals to have two you kind of need that to you be able to. to you know really take a swing at it yeah, look, we, I was frustrated with the, the pit stops. You were, you were relying on other because people you, as well. You and, and line, which a lot just, of fans still don't understand how that works. But correct. if you're, you know, the third car of a three-car team and the third car of another three-car team, you get put together. Or if you're a single, you get put together and it's a composite picker, although Tim Slade this year, um, Tim Blanchard's team, they're their own thing, but they've had to spend more money to have more crew. But it's basically a cost-saving Scenario over the journey, hasn't it? Absolutely, but I, I was most of the time pitted with Brad Jones, and and it was I'd always go cook at Brad all the time. Brad, your pit stops are perfect, but when my car comes along, it always gets stuffed up. Always the wheel nut would fall off or whatever, and it'd ruin our race or whatever. And I'd argue with Brad, Brad, <laughs> and uh, and Brad's a good mate. So, but it was very frustrating. You've got to control your destiny in this sport, and 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 so. I've just got to buy another wreck and I've just got to go racing with two cars and make it a, a proper two-car team that we can challenge and do things. And and uh, that was my goal for 2020, to get to two cars. And then a bit of stuff happened in the world in 2020. So we shut down. We, we all shut down. Everything went weird. Um, what was uh, – and we've just come – as we record this, we're about to go to Albert Park, but is this airs – it's just after Albert Park – so two years on from that weird Friday where we all wandered out of that track like we didn't know what was coming next because we really didn't, 
what was the feeling here? What was the first feeling and did you get a grasp of how serious it became so quickly in terms of keeping staff employed, keeping the business running, keeping the team running? You know, you've got a lot of people who rely and depend upon not just in race land here where we are at Team 18 but the, the broader business as well. You've got a lot of people that rely on their gig, what they do here. Absolutely. Look, um, as we said before, you know, we, we helped set up the Grand Prix and supply all this equipment and we've got the two cars now I'm really proud of and both cars are the same name we write sponsor. One's DeWalt and, and one's Irwin. So we've got Scotty Pye on board now and this is start of 2020 and, and I invested heavily in also an activation trailer for DeWalt as well and, and we've got this great big infrastructure. This is fantastic. I'm really pumped and really excited and, 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 and off we go to the Grand Prix and, and then on that Friday morning we, we, I got a call pretty early to say this isn't going to go ahead. There's all this COVID stuff and Formula One drivers have pulled out and mm. they've left you know, everyone didn't think they left, but they actually left. And I, I, I never forget, we're cancelled. The whole race is cancelled, the whole thing. And Surreal. your forklifts are going to start working a lot earlier mm. instead of Sunday night and packing things up. They're going to start now. And, and I was actually pretty scared at the time because uh, you didn't know what was going on. It was the unknown. And and eventually I had 500 forklifts come back after the Grand Prix. There's 500 forklifts and we've got staff on three days a week and then down to two days a week nationally and um, a lot of mouths to feed. And fortunately the government at the time helped us with JobKeeper and, and all that sort of stuff. But it was... It was a scary. It was scarier than when the recession happened. When I first took over Waverley Forklifts back in the eighties, we had to have a recession, and mm. the new forklifts came back then. But there was only twenty five came back. But I had five hundred machines mm. come back, and I was shit scared to be honest. I didn't, you, it was the unknown, and and I remember sitting in the boardroom up at Waverley. What do we do? You know the whole thing, mm. and all this gear. We're getting dehires after dehires, and and uh, but. We, we were a solid company and we, we kept pushing hard and, and eventually uh, it bottomed out in about June, July and they all started going back again. We kept racing. It was really, really tough on the crew to be racing out of the state. You know, we, we were away for four months. Mm. It broke some people in the team. It was, mm. it was cruel. It was hard on partners and, and it, it was really, really tough for the Victorian teams to be away for four months. Mm. That was big. It was massive. Uh, it, I think we're going to look back on that in – if we one day we do some books, maybe we do the supercar history book. That period of 2020 where for four or five months, you know, if we did the head count, your team and, well, you know, all the Melbourne-based teams that went away for that period, you know, might have been, I don't know, 70 people, 80, 90, 100, whatever it was, however many people that was. If that hadn't happened, we've got a very different sport right now. Absolutely. Because you've got to keep racing to keep the money coming from Fox Sports, from sponsors, from partners, Team partners, series partners, the whole thing doesn't work if the, the wheels aren't rotating. Literally, I th I shudder to think where we might be had we not been able to get going again. Yeah, and what the sacrifice all those people made. I think we owe them all not a beer, but probably plenty of slaps. <laughs> really, I know. And to be on that road, you know, it's the commitment from our staff. Yeah. I think if I asked them now, you're going to go away for four a months again. Well, because they didn't know at the time. They didn't know. Yeah. No. And we all had to pack up right at the last minute 
To get over the border. Correct. Yeah. Otherwise right. it's going to be shut and it's just ludicrous. You think about all this now with the rules and what what, what we had to do and quarantining and, mm. and all that sort of stuff. You, you, you forget about it pretty quick but it was tough. It was tough. Mm. On the people, um, but then it flowed through to sponsors. It was hard. We couldn't activate. We couldn't do, you know, what we had to do for the sponsors. You know, it was it was just TV, and there was no corporate hospitality. There couldn't was do nothing. A ride day. We couldn't, couldn't do anything. Do it, yeah, and we're yeah. still catching up on a lot of that. But we couldn't deliver. We had this massive activation center. It was. I remember absolute, seeing it. I came and did your launch that correct. year. Correct, and it was state like of the hands art. on it the was, wall. Have a go at this sore and all that sort all of stuff. stuff. And it was yeah, a it was fantastic huge. thing. It, it really, we couldn't use it. We used mm. it once in 2020 at Adelaide and for the start it. of the race and that's all we used it for. And we've invested all this. And and uh, ironically, we only used it once in 21, which was Townsville as well. And then, and that was it, which is a mm. shame. Mm. Anyway, it is getting used this weekend. It's going to the Grand Prix uh, here today at the Grand Prix, which is really exciting, uh, and we've got it out again and doing a big activation Good for DeWalt, which is great. Good to hear. Not tucked away in a, a shed never to be seen again, no. never to be seen again. Are you happy with where you're at the last couple of years performance-wise? I mean, everyone wants to be, go and win every single race. Are you seeing progression? Are you seeing the, the KPIs that are within these walls? Are they going in the right way? Are you happy with, with where, you're, where you're heading? No, you want to be winning. You wouldn't be better. You can't you win every be, race. Just well, I tell you what, it'll be great to just win one. Okay, right, yeah. So, yeah, yeah look, it's it's been tough. You know, it's it's a tough sport, as we all know, and it's so competitive. You know, we were really proud for Scotty to get three podiums at Darwin. That was really good, and and it's been so so close so many times. You look at Darwin last year. You know, Frosty's on the front row, and and we had a little gremlin. There's uh, our luck. We have, I know you make your own luck. But we just seem to get that little bit of bad luck everywhere, and and it just trips you over so mm. many times. And you know, I just we've just come out of uh, Tasmania, and it got red flagged, and both our cars were you know basically the fastest cars in the first sector. And you think, I wish luck could go our way sometimes, <laughs> and it'll happen. You you know it will. But we're there or thereabouts all the time. You know, we we came out of Tassie fifth, sixth, seventh, um, and then. You know, with that close sometimes, no, I'm not happy. Mm. We've got to be better. I want to, I want to deliver podiums and like everyone does and, and get it up there. And uh, I was really hoping for Gen 3 to be starting this soon and I think it resets a lot of things and, and um, so we've got to wait another year for that. So that'll be exciting and I think it, it, it will reset, you know, some things. And um, I want to be up there. When you say reset, reset things, we saw when we reset the cars last time, Car of the Future, the mixture of winners in that 13 year was, re- I mean, still the same guy won the championship in Jamie, but we had a young Scotty McLaughlin at GRM win. We saw Brad Jones's blokes win. Chazzy Mostert at DJR, FBR yeah. winning. HRT did a little bit. Um, you know, there the was. Devel- a- they, they haven't had 10 years. You know, Triple yeah, Eight has yeah. had. 10, 15 years of developing this car and it's the same basic car and have developed and developed. And I'm I'm a customer of there, very close, and getting everything as, you know, we are getting everything the same as them, uh, that close. And um, and they've had, they know their cars mm. better than we'll ever mm. know them. But it's a full reset. Press reset button and everyone's kind of back to a much more level. Do you see that's the opportunity now? Correct. For teams like yours that have been trying to get that next step to actually get fast tracked a little bit here. 
Correct. Each team's got their model and and I've got to be related to some someone or something and, and that's triple eight. And and my model works, it stacks up, it's good. Um but yeah, I'm really excited. I cannot wait to get the new car. One, it looks good, um, but I think our performance will be right up there. We've got great drivers and and um yeah, we we can we've got the resources to deliver. When do you get your hands on your, your first new one? Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, as with everything in supply chain world, mm. it's going to be slow. I don't think we'll get it till the end of the year. We were hoping, obviously, you know, the ultimate goal was mid-year. You can mm. do the odd test here and all that sort of stuff. But no, I, I, I think we're way behind. Mm. Um, Frosty's just had a drive at Tassie and loved the car and he said it's good. I think Scotty's going to have a drive at Winton. So... Um, Scotty wants to wait until it's getting closer and closer to to being the final the, the final car, yeah. and and uh, so that's exciting. So yeah, no, and I think that while I'm going Camaro, I think it's a sexy looking car. It mm. looks bloody fantastic. And mm. oh, they both look great. They, I mean, I mean they the Mustang's going to change before yeah, so there's a new we body see the final thing. But yeah. yeah, I mean, there was really no other, in my mind. There's no other way that supercars could have gone in terms of what the cars are next. What's the GM car? You know, we're not going to go and throw everything away here and start again with no. some other category that's, you know, completely not got any roots in what we do. So, no, can't wait. Bring so, it on. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out. Before we finish, National yes. Motor Racing Museum, which your, some of your cars have been yeah, over for there, sure. up there over the years, yes, um, is a great friend of ours, great yes. friend of the industry. Yep. Uh, Brad Owen and his team up there do an awesome Brad's, job. Brad's they're, a ripper guy. He is. Uh, they're open six days a week. Don't go on Tuesdays. Not open. You can go on yeah, Tuesdays, yeah. but the doors won't open. But um, if you want to check their opening times, go to the Museum's Bathurst website or the Museum's Facebook page. They're always posting what's coming or going uh, there. So they bring us our Couch Racer questions from the fans, and I think you've actually answered one or two of these in our chat as we've gone anyway. But I'll I'll barrel through it here. Kevin McCullough's question this is a really interesting one. We kind of touched on the business side of it before. As a team owner, what's the real payoff? So – he doesn't understand sometimes in supercar teams how they can make it stack up from an economy point of view. Um, he says the economy of motorsports often lost on people unless they're actively involved in the industry. And if a team can't run at a profit, he doesn't understand the reason for running it. But I think that the point here is, and you give me what the take is from your end, it's not that simple as just the race. It doesn't sit on its own as this entity on its own because it lives for you, in your case, in a business makeup of Waverley and what it levers backwards and forwards and what it delivers, the opportunities, the business, you know, just what you've talked about with picking up deals for, you know, other partners in race teams and Waverley forklift deals. How do you how would you respond to that or how would you sort of explain it to the layman to understand kind of all this motor racing stuff costs a shitload of money? Absolutely. How do you make it make sense is probably the That's distillation it. of the question. So at the end of the at the end of the year, if I've broken even or made just a smidgen, I'm thrilled to bits. Yeah. Because normally I have a bit of fun if it's all going well. That's 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 a minor part for me. 
I'm employing some people, but the big thing is the business side of things. You know, I've, I, I do so much business with Toyota Forklifts, which love, they've got a sponsor or, or do something for return and investment, and they're on the car, Manitou Forklifts. We've got Fuchs Lubricants. They buy, they sell their oil to me and other partners, and they're growing as well. It opens doors everywhere, and it, it really, it does stack up for me. It, it really does, and it, it's a great business. And as I said, it, the doors that it can open, motorsport, that, it is incredible. Mm. And um, so we've, we've done a lot of business out of supercars, mm. a and, lot of business, our corporate suites and doing deals and, and, and also um, people, people who go onto the website and, and know that I'm involved in supercars and they want to rent forklifts because they know what we do. So, yeah. And if you had a bit of that, there's a lot of people who would need a forklift somewhere down the line. Yeah, absolutely. Who don't normally need one. Who, when they think of a forklift, because they follow supercar racing, ta-da! That's it. So it, it really, and honestly, one of the team that really does it well is obviously Tim Blanchard with Cool Drive. The exact same thing. The only thing different, he's marketing his whole car on the side, which I'd love to do one day. But, but I'll leave that to all the other people <laughs> and all that sort of stuff. But, but um, he's the same. He it opens a lot of doors for for selling Cool Drive and and what they're doing. Yep, totally. Stuart Lanham's question, have you got any classic or collectible cars in the shed? Do you still have a DJR320? There you go. I've got about 15, 14, 15 collectible cars. Mm-hmm. I, I like all cars. It's not it's not just because I'm GM here. It's, it's all cars. And I've got some, um, yeah, really, really special cars, obviously a couple of race cars that uh, we spoke about earlier. I still do have... Uh, build number 18, DJR320. It was one of two that were supercharged at the time. Dick had number 17 and I had number 18 and um, it's like brand new. It's blue and it's still got that one there and it's still sitting nice. in the shed. So it looks great and it sounds good. It's a beautiful car and it was it was a lot of money back then. I think there were $100,000 yeah. back in 05, yeah. which is insane amount of money. Um, so I've still got that, got a couple of old uh, Mustangs, you know, some pretty special Special Mustangs, got a Shelby and a, a Boss and and uh, a, a few old Corvette and a GMC truck and lots of old nice. classic cars, some very special cars. What was your first car as a young bloke? Honestly, it's a Studebaker truck. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> and you're ready? I've still got it. It's in bed. Have you really? I actually still got it. I, that was my first car I'd, I'm on the road when I was 18, had P-plates and – and it's actually in Dad's car museum. I've left it down there for the last oh, twenty cool. years, and it's down there with the CS number plates on it. And uh, nice. so yeah, it's down there at Dad's museum. So, but that's a long time ago, and I had lots of cool cars ever since. Yeah, cool. Uh, what'd you learn to drive in? Was it in that? Yeah, probably. Yeah, it nice. was. Yeah, definitely, definitely nice. driving around the streets in Mount Waverley, and and um, never forget as a kid running over a dead cat. <laughs> Never forget Dad yelling at me, you're going to run over this cat and, you know, I was only well, it was 16. Dead already, it was so. dead so, yeah. But, yeah, that's what I learned to drive on and had no power steering or anything like that, manual, crash box, and it's an old 63 Studi truck pickup and it's a cool old thing. And as a kid you put the side pipes on it and all that sort of <laughs> stuff. So it still looks cool. That's cooler than a lot of other answers that I've asked people on this podcast about their first car because generally most of them – Pause for three seconds and then admit to the tiny crap box that they <laughs> first drove in back in the day. Uh, Les Connell, I think you've already answered this. Are you going with Triple Eight Camaros next year? Yeah, I am. Yes, I'm. I'm very confident we will. Um, we're not going to build our own cars. We, I'd like to buy a complete you car like built up, not just as a chassis. You want everything on it in it. 
Yep. Ta-da, here it is. Put your stickers on it virtually. Basically, uh, we can put engines in and all that, but a roller, at least a roller. Yep. And, um, no chassis work to be done, though. No. Yep. And a lot of teams are building, um, but I'd say, yeah, there'll be three or four teams that would like a complete roller just wheeling and uh, – at this stage, it'll be triple eight. Yes. Yep. At this stage, so that yep. could change. I don't think so. Okay. I don't know the money yet. I don't know how much no, well, um, <laughs> Jamie's going to charge. What Jamie's invoice is. That's yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So we've just got to work out a deal at this stage. Um, Fair that's enough. the plan anyway. Uh, Blake Cugley, his question is: What's your proudest moment as a supercars owner? We've talked about a few of them, but if you've got to pick one, mm. it's look. Um. Single car team, getting the pole at Tassie, that was pretty special. 2019 with Frosty. Yeah, that was good. Obviously the championship with James was special. special. First win with Will Davison. Um, if I've got to pick one. That's tough, isn't it? That's a rough question. It is really, really hard. It's like trying to pick your favourite kid, isn't it? It's like, oh. Uh, there's so many. Let's say so all many. of it. Let's say all of it. Yeah, there's been some special, there's, special time. Putting two cars together, I was so proud to have DeWalt and Irwin. Wow, that was – I was really, really proud of going to two cars, owned everything outright, sitting there. Uh, it was so special. Having Frosty come on board, mm. Scotty come on board. There's so many special moments Um I you can't said, pick you one. You sound like Bruce McAvaney, mate. There's so many specials <laughs> in that answer. Uh, Matthew Norris, actually, you, saw, you just talked about Scotty Pye then. Interesting one. I've never pondered this, but it should be something that I should have pondered. Matthew Norris's question is, why was Scott Pye given number 20 and not an 18-related number like 81, which is 18 reversed, 118, 218? I never stopped to think about this. There you go. So it's an easy answer on that one. Very mm-hmm. easy. I actually asked for number 20, car number 20. Um because DeWalt, NASCAR, with Joe Gibbs Racing, mm-hmm. who's uh, number 20 uh, as well. Matt Kenseth was a star Correct. in the car. Correct, and that's always been – the DeWalt yeah. cars have always been number 20 until last weekend um, uh, Kyle Busch did run 18 as DeWalt as well. So we – because of DeWalt and their sponsorship and we speak to the US uh, a fair bit about – sponsorship and all that sort of stuff. And it was just easy on the memorabilia side, the whole thing yep. of having 20 DeWalt and it matched uh, the US. So that's the main reason. And, yeah, just stuck with number 18 and 20. Kind of once you got it done, it's an yeah. effort to change it. So you may as well stick yeah. with it. Uh, Lachlan Fowler. This is interesting. We have actually on this podcast before changed people's pronunciation of their surnames. When I spoke to Thomas Mezera, I've always said Thomas Mazira because right. that's what everyone says. Thomas doesn't really care what you call him, but it's Mezera is the way he pronounces it. Have we been getting your surname right all these years? Really? Well, there you go. It's actually Schwerkolt, which is, I think, how you say it. I think that's pretty much how it all said it is. And it sounds easy to say. Schwerkolt. Schwerkolt. It means, I think, a German good horse, I think. So, yeah. (laughs) Really? Schwer. Stallion. That's it. So (laughs) I think that's what it means. Someone told me that a long time ago, but I think it's easy to say. Schwerkolt. So if you're wandering around a supercars paddock this year and you hear someone say, hey, good horse, you know it's a V8 Sleuth listener. Larko gets it wrong all the time. What does he say? Schwerkolt, I think. Oh, does he? I have to pick him up all the time. Oh, okay. I'll have to have a listen next. Yeah, you have a listen to Larko. He he gets it wrong. (laughs) Anyway, you can't tell Larko anything. Just just – don't just don't let him touch your exhaust <laughs> like I saw in Tassie a while back. No, um, wasn't a good look. Stephen Brennan, would you ever set up a Super Two team using your current cars because they are 
you know, no longer required in the main game next year, uh, moving forward into next year? Look, there is a, a there's a lot of young kids that come and approach us and all that, and I love developing new talent and that you can bring them through. Um, Financially and also, look, I really want to concentrate. If I'm winning and really on the podium and everything's going great in the main game, absolutely, I'd look at it. We're not there yet. And so let's see if we can get there by the end of the year or I'll do a deal of selling the cars to a team that I can have a, a joint program that I can bring some young fellas through and, and do something. But um, it, it's the feeder ground that you've you've got to keep feeding and mm. there's, some, there's some good talent out there. We see the young fellas look at... You know, the, the, the Brody Kosecki's, Will Browns and these young fillies and, um, you know, um, Brock Feeney and all those young mm. kids that are coming through and it would be great to, to have someone coming through because, you well, know, Almost obviously. a bit like, um, like in VFL, AFL where there's AFL clubs that might not have a VFL team but they have an affiliation to you can kind of go, oh, look, you know, your cars might end up there but you've kind of got a connection to correct. another entity that, yeah, you know, another there's a star entity. that comes through. Hey, hey, we want I'll, to know about him. Correct, absolutely. Or but her. there's there's more to, that's more than yeah, just keeping the cars. It's another transporter. It's more people. It's all got to stack up, more sponsors more and mm. more money. And, and um, yeah, it's – I think we're a bit too small, you know, to do that at this stage but we'll see how we go. I, I've got options – um, to keep my cars or run them with someone else next year or sell them off. So. Good to have options. Absolutely. It's all about options. Absolutely. One more, Benjamin Wright. I think this, this one might have come in on Instagram. What's the fastest you've ever seen a forklift go and any chance <laughs> a V8 can be put in one? There you go. Well, strangely enough, Toyota, um, they got an old four-ton Toyota forklift and they've put a V8 in and it's on display <laughs> It doesn't go very fast, but it does massive burnouts and it just sits and just wheel spins and wheel spins. Smoke goes everywhere and it sounds amazing. It really does. Um, but, look, a forklift really is is designed to lift things, not go fast. You see all those forklift racings on Instagram and all that sort yeah. of stuff. It's a bit of fun and, and tipping over and all that sort of stuff. But I've I've had a couple of big 12-tonne forklifts many, many years ago and they had Chrysler V8s and I'd love it when I was an apprentice as well and put a hole in the muffin and hear this V8 sound up in this forklift and it, it's pretty cool to have a V8 and a forklift. And I've always wanted to do it but Toyota beat me to it and they've got one on display that's floating around and um, – but. 25 k's is the top. I've I reckon down a hill I might have got to 30, 32 k's an hour down a hill. But they're a bit scary because yeah, they're all uh, rear wheel steering, oh, of course, no. and Ooh. get the wobbles up. And and no. uh, um, I remember as a kid, I still remember this day. Dad, I was you know probably 16, and he uh, threw sump oil to stop the dust. At, at where we are in Mount Waverley in the next door property and he'd throw this sump, dust everywhere. So I'd go along flat out and I'd just lock the brakes and just slide for like 100 metres, just sliding all the way down the yard and you wouldn't, you'd get murdered these days. Yeah. And uh, so, yes, but uh, I can still hop on a forklift and drive a load of truck, I'm, you know, it's part of my life. And, but, yes, I won't be, you know, going any more than about 30 k's an hour and I wouldn't even do that again. Safety first. That's Safety it. first. Charlie, thanks for sitting down with us. Thanks for having us at Team 18. It's been great to have a chat about your, your business life, your motor racing life, and hopefully there's a few more trophies for the Cabinet at Team 18 for the rest of this year and moving into next year as well uh, in the, the new Gen 3 phase of, of the world. So thanks for sitting down with us and all the best for the rest of the year. Thanks, Noons. It was great. It was really good fun. So cheers. 
A big thank you to Charlie Schwerkold. It was great to catch up with him and really appreciated him making some time for us to go back through his motorsport and business catalogue in terms of what he's done and where he's been and, and what he's seen. A quick reminder too, uh, we love the support that you give us on this podcast and there's other ways that you can show your support too. If you go to bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au, go shopping. That'll support us as well. We love when you support what we do because it helps us make more podcasts, website stories, books. If you buy them, we can keep making them. Head to the website, bookshop.v8sleuth.com.au. There's a bunch of motorsport books. There's some beautiful pre-owned programs and magazines and other books as well. Model cars, prints, DVDs of old racing, all sorts of cool stuff. And don't forget, Father's Day, Mother's Day, Christmas. There's always a need to put something aside for the future. So jump on the website, check it out and see what is in our range. You can subscribe to our newsletter too by v8sleuth.com.au. Don't worry, we don't bombard you. We send really max two a week with links to stories on our site and some of our products in our shop. Follow us on socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You know the deal. It's pretty standard now. But we'd love to hear from you. Please send us a note through any of our social accounts or the contact us page on our website. Don't forget every Tuesday, Castrol Motorsport News Podcast. Every Thursday, it's Repco Supercars Weekly. But I'm done. We'll chat to you again next week for another edition of the V8 Sleuth Podcast powered by Repco. Do you know how to find the right oil for your car? Now you can find out quickly and easily online thanks to Castrol's Rego to Oil tool. Simply type in your Rego, select your state, and within seconds you'll know the best Castrol products to unlock the edge of performance in your car. So what's your car best suited to? Just search Rego, the number two, and oil and find out.